Hello, hello, hello. How are y'all doing tonight? Great. <laughs> Great? Great. Is that all you can say? Welcome to Time to Adapt. Yes, there we, there we go. The Here we go. Yes. <laughs> Let me try that again. Welcome to Time to Adapt, where we break down movies and the books behind them. Yay. Hi, <laughs> Hi Selena. How are you? I'm great. And we have two special guests with us. We tonight. have two very special guests with us. Oh, we're very special? Yes. Very special. Well, I mean, you're well, my wife, so, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. Okay, uh, we are here with the host the of the ones yeah. and onlys. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Mac. <laughs> Oh, this is off to a great start. You go. We're here with Monsters <laughs> at Midnight. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing? Great. Honestly, this is a blast. Is it? I'm, I'm already so excited. So show. I don't know how well you're going to be able to hear us, but we're here and we're here. They're here. We're sharing a mic and being best friends, so we're very close. It's, it's like an old timey, like, hello sort of thing. Hello. Hello. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. Yes. I don't know. I've only been in choir my whole life. Should have known that one. Yeah, me too. Right on. Okay. All right. We're fine. We're all fine. We're great. We're doing fantastic. (laughs) All right. So the reason we have these wonderful guests on tonight is because it's a very special episode. Yes. We've been doing this technically for two years. So and we're talking about it. Chapter two. Yay! Yay! And Which, those some... who remember, it was our first episode. Yes. So all oh. full circle. Because so. we ended up, we saw it in theaters, and we had such a blast seeing it. Because we, you, you had convinced me to listen to the audiobook version of it. Yep. And I did, and I was like, "Holy fuck, this is great!" Um, I had an Audible subscription, so I would. <laughs> yeah, who read it? Like oh who? Who read it? Who narrated who it? Oh, Stephen Weber. Oh, cool. All right. So, uh, of it, you're saying? Yeah. He, oh, he man, did the, that would be so he long. How long it. was it? It was like, like 45 hours. It was the whole fucking long fuck, time. Dude. I tried to read. I, I tried to read. I could feasibly, I could feasibly do that book now if it's yeah. only 45 hours. <laughs> only 45 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I tried re listening to it this year and I, like, I still have at least 12 hours to go. Damn. And we're it, like yeah. over halfway there. They're already getting to the part where they're going to like defeat Pennywise. So I'm like, oof. You're so you're close to the child orgy. Bit. Oh God! Don't <laughs> remind me about that. So, oh my God! I can only yes. imagine listening to that. that oh, must be it so was much so worse than, Oh my God! Oh my God! So I bet that's I so would, much worse than reading it. I would listen to it on the bus, like going to work and stuff, and no. I'm just sitting there, like I'm not listening to children having sex. Like this is totally fine. I hope that my earbuds don't like come on my phone and it blasts in the bus. <laughs> oh <my laughs> so God. I'd be panicking about that, and I'd be like, Oh shit! I missing what's happening in the scene wait i don't want to really know what's happening in the scene yeah, that's how i am time. when i'm listening to true crime podcasts <laughs> i'm just like listening to like people being dismembered i'm just like oh, i hope no one's hearing this <laughs> yikes oi. oi that reminds me when i'm watching porn on the bus too <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> see sylvia you're not the only one <laughs> <laughs> okay so selena you got anything going on in your life anything you know, exciting just... you want to you want to tell the world not really. Like, I'm surviving. You're surviving? <laughs> Fuck. I mean, yeah. Not to be, you know, it's millennial just... Millennial humor. Big yeah. mood. I mean, yeah. Big yeah, mood, pretty much. millennials say, you can't fucking hear me at all, by the way. <laughs> no, just, you know, senior film, you know, finally yeah. doing it. And now I'm, you know, staring at the end of the, you know, end of the tunnel. I'm like, so much time, so much stuff to do and not a lot of time. So I'm in a great place, so. Fan freaking tastic. 
But yeah, how are you? Doing pretty good. I had a really fun last week. I um, went to Boswell Book Company, where I got to go to a special uh, event that was headed by Joe Hill. Now, yeah, so um, he was there promoting his book, Full Throttle. Those of you who don't know, Joe Hill's the uh, author of 20th Century Ghosts, Heart Shaped Box, Horns, The Fireman, NOS4A2, and his latest book, Full Throttle. Isn't it pronounced Nosferatu? It's pronounced Nosferatu, but it reads like a license plate. So it's N O S four A two. I legitimately had no idea how to say that until like I saw a commercial for the TV series on AMC. Yeah, I'm so stupid. Yeah, it's it's a great book, and also Joe Hill is also well known as Stephen King's son. So he was also the kid in Creepshow, the one who kills his dad with a voodoo doll. Oh yeah, that was him. He actually told a really funny story uh, about when he was on set doing that, how there was no like child acting unions at the time. So their idea was, let's just put him in the trailer with Tom Savini and have Tom Savini babysit him. So <laughs> the so for two weeks, he would just sit in Tom Savini's uh, trailer while he was doing all these crazy makeups. And eventually Tom just started like talking to him like a normal human being. And they would look at autopsy books together. Oh, he was like so sweet. nine, <laughs> ten. Or See, th- it's weird to me that Tom Savini's the one that had to do that for him. Because if, if I feel like if you're Stephen King's son, you're coming out all kinds of fucked up. Oh anyway, yeah. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Jesus. But uh, it was really cool. He signed uh, two of my books. I got a photo with him. I'm mad though because in the photo I looked so fucking baked. <laughs> but I'm no, I wasn't. I haven't been baked since August. So. It's sad. But anyway, it was a lot of fun. Uh, he mentioned that the scariest films he's ever seen is he really liked the new It, mm. which we'll talk about. And he thinks that Home Alone 2 Lost in New York is terrifying just because of the Donald Trump cameo. <laughs> oh, so I I'm like, like him so much. That's fucking great. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got a great sense of humor. I think he's, his sense of humor is a lot less dry than his dad's. So, right. so anyway, we're here to talk about It Chapter 2. As a nice beginning oh to my. things. So for those who are just kind of like tuning in, we you can go back to our very first episode where we kind of discuss kind of just how the book came about, just kind of how it was received, all the behind the scenes kind of stuff. Um, and we really and we talk about uh, part one and what we thought about it. Yes. Quick, like just our general consensus was like it's a good start as an adaptation, that's where we're at. Yeah. With chapter two, it's it does its own thing. Yeah. That's kinda, that's it's a little it's <laughs> it's a little too much. Oh boy. So. I liked I'll say I loved the casting for the adults. Oh my god, Bill Hader. Oh my god, fucking, he did so good. He was good. The, like the best part. Him and Eddie. I was just like Are I, we are we spoilering at all here or not really? Uh, we kind of just spoiler. We spoil everything. We spoil. Okay, so. so well, okay, because my favorite part is Bill Hader's fucking Pennywise impression. Because that scared the shit out of me initially. It's not really a spoiler, I guess, but yeah. it just ruined the scene. I'm, I won't say which scene, but like I can't remember that scene. What, what he like, oh, okay, now we are spoiling the scene. <laughs> but it's when they're in the clubhouse and like they're like looking through stuff oh, and then he hides yeah. in the shadows and he makes like this he does this Pennywise impression and oh, I actually shit. thought it was Pennywise and then yeah. he like comes out of the dark and I'm like, You motherfucker. <laughs> but like I he plays Richie, right? He plays Richie, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. Um, but for Beep me, like, uh, I 
I had a tough time with how like little they took themselves seriously in in it too. Because it's like yeah. I liked it, but I also didn't. Because I was because there were times where I was a little bit like, come on, like you can take yourself a little bit seriously. Yeah. And I don't I don't know, but I I feel that like I I don't know like I liked the beginning part of it, but then. Towards the middle, I was just like, you guys just keep on repeating the same thing over and over again, but like yeah. different scenarios. And I felt like a lot of the key important just like character stuff was being lost to like jump scares and just trying to get them places. Yeah. And I don't know, like for the movie that they made, I was like, it's, you know, I enjoyed watching it because, like, I'm a fan of this shit. But at mm. the same time, I'm like, you could have done that so much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My whole thing was I felt like this one, like with chapter one, there was a lot of a lot of stuff was kind of reined in. Obviously, there's no fucking child orgy scene. Thank, thank, thank yeah. God. Um, Damn. <laughs> and as well That's as like, there's no the turtle isn't talked about yeah. or. Well, anything like that there's there's references so like yeah. there's the bit where um God, what's his name bill's uh going down in the basement and he drops a lego turtle that was in the first one and mm -hmm. there's like references to turtles in chapter yeah. two that are pretty much like yeah we know th those who those who read the book they know what's going on mm -hmm. um but also, also that still stuff didn't really make sense with the story that they told because yeah. i was like what the fuck they made oh, i i like mike hamlin's character a lot in the book and I loved the story of the black spot and I was hoping that we'd get more of that but instead they made him look like a crazy person yeah. you know just being like look at all these papers like that uh, always sunny thing where he's like Pepe Sylvia <laughs> Carol Carol they literally made him that and yeah. I was just like no so yeah well it, I like I don't know how I feel about that ending either because like they changed it from the book, which is obviously you kind of have to because it was so fucking weird at the end. Yeah. But their version of it was like similar to the ideas behind the the ending of the book, um, where it's like they sort of have to like overpower Pennywise with wits or whatever. But I just don't know how. I... Sorry, quality content. <laughs> Jesus Christ! The crutches are falling over. I just don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. And plus, like, uh, I expected Henry Bowers to be more of a character, and I also expected uh, Beverly's husband to be more of a character. Yeah. But it's just sort of like, oh, she left her abusive husband. That's yeah, it. bye bye. Much. He's gone. They did that in the miniseries, though, too. Yeah, they um, did. I guess I kind of forgot about that. So they just sort of brushed it off in the miniseries, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like it's one of my favorite lines in the mini. <laughs> Sorry, oh, just swoops in. It's one of my favorite lines on the miniseries where, like, she, her, after immediately seeing her a flashback to her dad slapping her, her husband slaps her, and she grabs her suitcase and leaves. And the husband's like drunk on the floor, like, "You can't leave me, babe." <laughs> Babe, babe, wait, babe, wait, babe, 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 no, babe, so wait, no, babe. Funny. That's all I can think of right now. It's so fucking funny. Yeah, it, um, I mean, obviously the things that I thought worked, um, even though the whole, like, bit where Pennywise terrorizes each and every one of them separately, mm -hmm. the way it's edited, it's, it, it just takes so fucking long. I'm like, yeah. I don't care, get on with it. But each time, it's fucking terrifying. Oh yeah. So like true. um except for the the saggy lady titty oh, person. Yeah, I feel like they didn't <laughs> Okay, no, no, no. Okay, okay, hot take. Okay. <laughs> no, but she like she, okay, she kind of looks like the 
crazy old, like lady from The Shining, the the saggy. Oh yeah, yeah from Room Two Thirty Seven. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then she. <laughs> but there's a part where like Bev's back is turned towards her, and she just like creeps like <laughs> across. It's the almost frame. it's almost like. It's almost like she was in the bathroom and she ran out of toilet paper. So she's just going over to get more. I will say that I hated that initial trailer that spoiled like the entirety oh, of that yeah. scene. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. such a fucking like My low blower. The circus. For me, I just like, I wish they wouldn't have edited how she looked so much. If she was just like a creepy old lady doing that shit, I feel like mm-hmm. that'd be one thing. But she's like, a fucking like lanky, stretched out, weird thing, and I'm like, does that like there was a lot of that that I didn't feel was super necessary for it to be scary. Yeah, I appreciate it. Like because old people are scary in general. Like <laughs> honestly, like, yeah. The old- you think they're scary? <laughs> Look what they're doing to the environment. Ooh. Don't make it real. <laughs> like <laughs> okay, we live with it. Real. <laughs> too too real. <laughs> okay, so for me though, that scene like the bit where. Like she's in the darkness and you hear hear the running and the thing comes out from the shadows, that fucked me up. That was like fucking creepy. We're like, mm-hmm. um, God, what was that? Yeah, it was with Bev. That fucking freaked me out. Bev, <laughs> Bev, Bev, Babe, Bev, no. It's from Hot from Rod. Rod. Oh, uh, when Will Arnett is like yeah. yelling at, yeah. after his girlfriend after she runs off, <laughs> and it just cuts away when he's like, Babe. Wait. I, love, I fucking love shots like that where they're like mid yell and it cuts away. It gets me every it's time. I see it so it's many YouTube compilations perfectly, perfectly cut, cut screams. <laughs> yeah. So, um, one thing that like I know it's supposed to be scary, but I cried laugh laughing at it is during the final like they finally fight him during the ritual of Chud, and. Yeah. No, that's, that's the thing. That's the name. Yeah. Oh, I know. My, my sister is an avid reader because she can actually do it. And <laughs> she's told me quite a bit about this book. So. Yeah. So, like, the bit where uh, Pennywise, he looked, uh, oh, what, the... Richie looks into the, the, head, the deadlights. And, um, yeah, I know. I love Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, it's like Bill Hader just looks like possessed when he looks into it. And it just looks like an O face. He just looks like he nut his pants. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, but that's Everybody. so accurate. And it pains me. I know. I never thought about that until you just said that. And I'm like, I can, that scene ruined, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> like it makes sense though. And it's, it was so much scarier in the end when in the book where when they finally confront Pennywise, Pennywise takes on this spider-like form that it's never, it's implied that that's not really, it's it's true form, right? Mm-hmm. Where in the movie, it's part, it's part spider and it's part fucking clown. clown. It's a spider clown. Spider clown, spider clown. It doesn't fucking work. And I was, I was really kind of disappointed. Like <laughs> I was really disappointed in that. I mean, like, if I mean, if there was a spider clown running towards me, I'd be like, "Oh fuck, that's pretty scary." But like on screen, I mean, the CGI, I'm just like, it, "Yeah." Nah. What are your thoughts on the big reveal at the end of the miniseries? Then, oh, <laughs> so the oh, I mean, the, when when the like, Ray Harryhausen. Oh my fucking nightmare. Christ! <laughs> I mean, there's that. There's also the. Um, Ray Har- is the thing that Ray Harryhausen looked like he shat out oh, yeah. 
at the end of part one where Pennywise goes down. Oh, the he little, does like the backflip. Yeah, it's yeah. your head's glowing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That shit scared me in fifth grade, but not anymore. It just does. It has not aged well. I will say the Tim first, Curry. Tim Curry carries great. that fucking. The first half of the miniseries is pretty good, mainly because yeah. the child actors. This is a miniseries, mind you, because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. The child actors are really good, and then like everyone stopped caring when they became an adult for the second half. Yeah, and that's I kind of get why King wrote the book that way too, because the stuff when they're adults is not as interesting, mm-hmm. and you don't care as much. Why don't you care? Because they're not kids. It's more terrifying when this shit's happening to kids. And that's why the stuff in the 1950s dairy in the book and in the 80s and in the movie is much scarier because it's happening to kids. But when they're older, I honestly couldn't give a shit because you know what's going to happen when they get older and they come back to dairy. You know they're going to get terrorized. You know that they have to basically do the exact fucking same thing that they did last time in trying to defeat him. And... I mean, they do it, yeah, but... But by the end, it's just like a fucking... It's a Stephen King ending. It's so. a Stephen King ending, so it's not <laughs> it the most satisfying. It doesn't really make sense, and it's not very satisfying. You're like, wait, what? Okay. And I do like sure. how they made... I like how they literally made fun of that in a very meta way in oh. Chapter 2 with Stephen King that and was his cameo. Funny. Dude, I loved that cameo, too, because that's the first time I've seen him talk so long on screen for so long. Yeah. Same. Like, I don't even remember the last time. I feel like the last time was Creep Show. Yeah. And I love how the moment where it's like, oh, in case you weren't sure this was Stephen King, here's the Harvest Neil Young shirt. That'll just nail it in the coffin. And I'm like, OK, yeah, he, I'll bet he just walked on set like that. And Andy Machete's like, OK, put him in. Let him wear that. So. But that was really nice. That was a really cool little bit. And that made sense from the book, too, because the, uh, the the store owner kind of gyps what's his face to for the silver bike. So, like, I guess going back to what we talk like, what the core of our show is like, is it a good adaptation? Like part two, not as good eh, as part one in yeah. terms of adaptation wise. Like, I'll still watch it again, though. Like, I would watch it again if they just edited it. Yeah, (laughs) like the Paul Bunyan scene, like that was pretty creepy in the in the book, too. So watching that, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's that's kind of how I imagined it. So I would say it's a decent. It's decent. Yeah, it's it's a little like second. I feel. Yeah, I feel like the first one there was it was a lot more reined in. But because the first one became a box office phenomenon, it became the highest grossing horror film of all time immediately. They they're like, okay, you know what, Andy, do whatever the fuck you want. Have at it. So here's a near three hour conclusion. And it just kind of felt like too much. And I know it was in a few articles, Andy Machete has said he's currently working on a seven hour edit where he edits both things together and he adds some new stuff and takes out some certain stuff. So I mean. I don't want to say this, but I will definitely watch that, and I'll enjoy the shit out of it, probably. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be edited more like the 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 book, so it's okay, like segment it. segment Child in the orgy. 80s. <laughs> Child orgy. God, damn it. What? <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. It's yikes. Oof. Big oof. Big fat oof. Yeah. So. <laughs> so what was your, your final verdict, then, on... Uh, I mean, I, it was enjoyable. 
Uh, but I I have my issues with it. I guess I don't know. I like I enjoyed watching it, and I do like I still like this adaptation better than the miniseries because it's a little yeah. bit truer. But I, the ending was really dissatisfying, and it, I wish it took itself just a little bit more seriously. And I feel I wish they would have kept more of the humor just on Bill Hader, and then kept the rest of it a little bit more serious. Yeah, it was a really funny movie. Weirdly, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I know there's there was talk about Bill Hader getting an Oscar nomination for this, and I'm no. I don't think it's gonna happen, but I kind of see where they're coming from because for a good portion, I think he's just keeps the movie on his back at certain points. That's true. Honestly, if it were for Bill Hader, I think I wouldn't like that movie. Yeah. So that was... That was yeah, because everyone else was, was all right. Like, they were yeah. good, but just they kind of paled in comparison to Bill I Hader. wonder if part of it was because there was so much hype after the first one, where it's like, my expectations were pretty fucking high. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I think maybe that's just why I was a little bit disappointed. I was going in with a little bit more, like, being a little more critical. But I bet if I watched it again, it'd be the same thing where I'm just like, this is fucking, this is really fun to watch. And that's that's really what we all want, right? You know? Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, I enjoy, I, I for the most part, I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm on your side, though, where I'm, and everyone's side here, basically, that it's just. You're Sweden or Switzerland? I'm, I'm Switzerland. I'm neutral. I, I didn't <laughs> I love it. I didn't hate it. It was just kind of, it's there. So I'm still going to rewatch the part one because that one still fucking holds up and still yeah, awesome. dude, those kids are just like fucking incredible man the, the, there is a cool <laughs> Fuck you, <Graham. laughs> to this day the um the okay so one of the little tidbits i found out literally like two days ago is that in chapter one um how they have um the creature that's when pennywise takes the form of that piece of art mm. that scares the kid with the flute that's from, I think it's a Mo Digliani painting that scared Andy Muschietti when he was a kid. And oh. like he was in, it was in his mom's room. And so he thought, what if I switch it up and like kind of make it so that's kind of what scares him? Because in the book, terrifying. who wants that in, in the book? Bedroom? Wasn't in the book? Wasn't was it the bird that it, that was it the giant bird that scared ter- terrorizes him? Or was yeah, that, that Mike? Was, that was the it was the giant bird scared um, Stan. Stan. All right. Yeah. So and that. Yeah. What's terrifying about that is that in a certain room at universe, the university, there's a paint. There's like the exact painting that. Muschietti was talking about, like it's a reproduction in a fucking room there. Like, I think it's in one of the film rooms. And like I saw Jesus fucking Christ. I thought I was in dairy for a second. Anyway, thank you for coming to my TED talk. (laughs) And now, moving on, we're moving on up, and we are talking, (laughs) yes, and out of the darkness. We're moving on to um, something that Selena and I meant to cover back in April when it first came out, the new remake, but of course, shit happened, and and we we figured it would be good to talk about it now. Yeah, save it for... Good, just Stephen King centered episode. Yes. So we're talking about Pet Cemetery. Woo! I gang, gang. want to be buried <laughs> in a pet cemetery. It's still a great song. It holds. It's a fucking yeah. great song. Yeah. <laughs> so Are we talking about both adaptations or then just a new one. We're talking well, about both of them. All right, cool. I can participate then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for those who are listening who don't know what Pet Cemetery about is about. It's about the Creed family. Uh, Lewis 
Rachel and their children, Ellie and Gage. They move from Chicago to this tiny town in Maine and Lewis is off. Take a shot. (laughs) Are you from Maine? No. Okay. (laughs) You're you're playing the Stephen King? Yeah, he's just speaking on behalf of Stephen King. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, Lewis is offered a job as a physician and the first day uh, shit goes wrong. Um, Kid gets his head basically just smushed it's like a melon brains everywhere um and essentially what happens is they they find out that they've been living like they live in front of um or behind i don't know behind them in their backyard is the pet cemetery which is where people bury their animals and their neighbor judd judd crandall he basically informs Lewis that once they're the cat dies like honestly anything I feel like everybody kind of knows the story to an extent but there's a part of the cemetery that's kind of cut off from the rest of it and it's like an old Indian burial ground so you know where this is going you bury your pet there it'll come back the next day it's not going to be the same but it'll be back and there's sort of a unspoken like line in the sand where it's like it's just for pets you, at the most you bring back pets and even then that's a little too much you don't cross the border into humans and they tell a story um the story about like the one the veteran who like comes back and just it, it's it's really terrifying that's like one of the scariest parts of the book i thought was just them talking about the story about the soldier who just kind of walks back and forth from the cemetery and back that's fucking crazy so, yeah, essentially after um, they live by this crazy road and then uh, Lewis's son, Gage, ends up getting, yeah, he gets smushed. And um, Lewis, who's been kind of slowly kind of losing his shit throughout this, uh, throughout this point, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to take everything that everyone told me and just throw it out the window and buries his son and his son comes back and he's not his son. And it's... A lot of murder and mayhem. Homicidal 18 month old. Mm-hmm. Terrifying. And yeah, yeah. it's I, it's a good read. Like, oof. A year and a half. It's a year and a half. Don't worry, I don't math either. <laughs> so, Pet Cemetery works very well as a cautionary tale about grief and about basically what Judd Crandall says, which is sometimes dead is better. <laughs> nice. And it also works as a really reason. happy you did that impression because I wanted to at some point, but I'm like, I won't be able to do that justice. You did much better. Thank you for that. Welcome. So it works as a retelling of the famous, the monkey's paw story from 1902, where they get the monkey's paw and like it grants wishes and they wish for their dead son to be back. But they think, oh, my God, what if he comes back and he looks exactly the way he was in the grave? And then they wish him away kind of thing. And as a matter of fact, the whole like background of this book came from when King was a writer in residence at the University of Maine. And his daughter's cat was killed by a truck around a road near the house they were staying at. And three days after the cat had died, he imagined what would have happened if the family suffered the same tragedy, but the cat came back to life and it was fundamentally wrong. 
I read a story that apparently he woke up one night hearing his daughter uh, like stomping around downstairs saying, God can't have my cat. I yes. want my cat back, which is something that's pretty much verbatim in the novel, if I remember correctly. Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah. It's the first book Matt has ever read. <laughs> I, I'm not surprised at this place when you're like, I'm actually like, it's a good I, book when you, when you, when you, text, when you texted me like, God, back in like May when we were first discussing this, like, yeah, I'm halfway through the book. I'm like, I didn't know you could read. <laughs> he makes that joke like every episode because he can't. Wait, was that a Harry Potter reference? That was a Harry <laughs> Potter <what> reference. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Like, I fully admit I would have never read this book until you guys posed the notion of doing the episode on it. Because I just, I, it's not that I don't like reading. I actually really like reading. I'm just I bad at finishing things. Oh, believe problem. me, I'm in the same boat. So, so, And I was, because I had seen the 80s Pet Cemetery before I read the book. What the fuck do you want? What I was, I was laughing at bad at finishing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I tried to That's not what your mother says. <laughs> Either way, the 80s. I saw the 80s Pet Cemetery, and that's another reason why I ended up reading the book. Because the 80s Pet Cemetery is kind of mediocre. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's Jolin. It's Jolin's favorite movie. <laughs> okay, it's not my favorite movie, but I'm super bitter about the fucking new Pet Cemetery. I hated yeah. it. I hated it so fucking much. So I don't know if we're getting into Jolin's opinions we're gonna, yet. We're but gonna I'm go, gonna we're gonna start with the '89 version. Okay, yeah. there we go. Uh, I loved that. But I loved to, that one. To finish it up, King has gone on record to say that of all the novels he has written, Pet Cemetery is the one which genuinely scared him the most. Hmm. Oh, that's fair. And like, I truly believe yeah. this. Yeah. Of all, all of his work, it's the one that has probably the most depressing ending. It's the, a sad fucking book. Like, the whole yeah. time I read it, I was just like, I was stressed from the get-go because I, I kind of knew what happened. I was like, okay, so I know that his son gets killed and he comes back not great. And not great. <laughs> to put it mildly, put it mildly yeah. he, he doesn't come back great. Uh, so I was just kind of like bracing myself and it was just like there'd be glimpses of happy moments and then you're like you're seeing him kind of devolve when the cat comes back and is like kind of terrorizing him and he's just like slowly losing his mind and I was just ugh, at the edge of my seat the whole time and then when shit happened I was like well oh my god this is not yeah yeah I think that's a testament to how good of a book it is because I because Stephen King adapted the screenplay for the 89 version. Yes. And it's a pretty, for the most part, pretty faithful adaptation. For the most for part. For the most yeah. part. It's just some things are better on page than they are translated yeah. film. But that, that, that fits for like almost every King book yeah, ever. <laughs> it's a testament to how good of a book that it is that even though I knew what was going to happen, it still haunted me and it still made me very upset yeah. and because there's one uh passage in the book i remember where like uh i forget what happens to incite this but like lewis is thinking to himself about maybe like future owners of the house and how they would have kids and, or maybe they wouldn't they'd be a newlywed couple they'd be fixing up the house they would have friends over and maybe they'd have a dog and it's just like that one line was like oh god like just instills so much like this looming sense of dread that's present throughout the entire novel in that yeah. like one passage. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, 
it's rough of all of them. Like I felt really disgusted after reading it. And it's probably, I think one of King's best slow burn stories because right. nothing really happens until the last 200 pages. Yeah. And that's when like gauge comes back and kills Judd and his wife and kills his wife. And like the way how it ends with, Oh, him completely destroyed. Like he looks the, like it's described as he has aged considerably like overnight. He has white hair. And then his friend from work is like, you okay, buddy? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. Just, you know, got to put her in the ground faster. Like, I don't know. Just oof. oof. Big oof. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to get into the 1989 version. So it was directed by Mary Lambert, who also directed Pet Cemetery 2. We don't talk about that Sorry, one. John Connor. Sorry, John Connor. That's correct. <laughs> I distinctly remember the bit at the beginning when um, his mom is electrocuted and he just screams, Mom! <laughs> Very similar to how he screams in Terminator, Terminator 2. 2. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> this, as Matt mentioned, the screenplay was written by King himself and it stars Dale Midkiff as Lewis Creed, Denise Crosby as Rachel Creed, Brand Greenquist as Victor Pascal. Uh, Belize Birdall, Michael Hughes, and Fred Gwynn as Judd Crandall, who you all know as Herman Monster. <laughs> that shit blew my mind. I didn't realize that till like I thought Jolene was going to join in, but no. <laughs> I didn't realize that shit till today, and I'm like, how the fuck did I not know that? He's also known as the judge in My Cousin Vinny, so. Oh, shit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what, I don't know how, why that one connected. Okay. Yeah, so. To be perfectly frank, I don't have that big of a connection to the monsters. I just, like, know what it is. And... My dad used to watch it a lot, so I have a couple of DVDs of it back at his, his place, so. But I'm more of an Adams Family guy, so. Fair. That's fair, yeah. So, the... So this one, when it came out, it received very mixed reviews, but on a technicality, it was financially successful. Uh, it had an opening. The, the title theme song was written by the Ramones, and it was on their album. I think it was off uh, Too Tough to Die. can't think exactly. Uh, but it actually got a Razzie nomination for being a terrible song. Ah. But ah. fuck the Razzies. <laughs> I'm offended. As am I. As am I. Yeah. So, also, Sheena is a punk rocker, plays at a certain part in the movie, too. So Wait, does it really? Yeah. Huh. It plays in a scene, and, uh, of course, Pet Cemetery plays over the uh, over the credits. I feel so. fucking crazy. I don't remember that. Yeah. I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the original in a while, though, so yeah. that's me. We watched it, like, back in April. I, yeah, it was and, a while ago, but we watched a few clips to, like, refresh on our favorite. And we just ended up bits. watching the... <laughs> The horrible child actor. Okay, the Gage. little kid. What? He was literally a baby. So of course, like he, I didn't think he was That's terrible. It I was, thought I love him. As, he as was, Gage. yeah. I thought he was good. It was just like the bits where they like held on his face, where he was just kind of scrunching up his face, where he's like, "I'm mad." There was like, certain, there <laughs> when they held that okay, a I'll little long. I was like, okay, cut to him being a little scarier. <laughs> there were some moments though where you could tell like. And like it wasn't when he wasn't in frame, but like see his leg and stuff, you could tell it was like the puppet thing. And there's the bit where he uh, after he it's revealed, he killed uh, he killed the wife and he looks down and he like falls onto. They literally just push the puppet, <laughs> over push the, the puppet on him. Like, 
It's so fucking stupid. I, I we were actually, cry laughing at. <laughs> I actually like enjoyed the film because of just how close it was to the book, but then at the same time, I'm like, ooh, it hasn't really aged well. I no. think a lot of that comes down to I'm not a f- fan of either of the actors that played uh, Lewis and Rachel. I don't remember I'm, who played Rachel. I remember the guy who played Lewis because his no screaming was hilarious. Yeah. No! Well, and that's the thing, too, is I don't think they have very believable chemistry as a couple. Yeah. I don't believe these two sat down and had a two kid family <laughs> like they look like they just met most of the Pags time. Mentioned, this is crazy, but we have two kids now. <laughs> Here's a pet cemetery. Hey, <laughs> you want to move to Maine with me? Actually, that, that was pretty accurate with the, hey, I just met you, and this is crazy. Pet cemetery, it works. It works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what was hard, the hardest thing for me in this book is that I, I fucking love cats. I have Aww. I got two cats. The cat in this book, his name is Winston Churchill. I have a cat named Winston Churchill. Oh, no. And I love was that. Was that purely accidental? or It was, I didn't even, re- like, I, no, I have, I've had the cat for like about <laughs> nine, ten years now. Right. And first we called her, we called, we thought it was a girl, we called her Winnie. And then we realized, that, oh, no, that's a, that's some manhood down there. Uh. <laughs> We change it to Winston. So, like, ah, oh, Winston Churchill. Oh, wow. So, Winston Churchill oh. is what we call him, really. Winston Churchill. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, but yeah, when, like, when they keep talking about church and Winston Churchill, I'm just like, all I could see reading the book was, oh, God, my undead cat. <laughs> that is not what I want to see. I, I was, when I saw the movie and read the book, at the time I was dating someone who had a cat, and, like, it's a little weird. I will say it's a little weird seeing that movie and then you get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and there's just like two little fucking eyes looming at you from underneath Dude. the bathtub. And it's like those they, they, they can give you some really fucking weird eyes. Yeah, it's like, all right, fuck you, too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're up to. Yeah. When I was younger, I had there was a cat that um, okay, my cat, Edward, and he had this respiratory infection. So whenever he purred, he would just like. Little Darth Vader kitty. Yeah, little Darth Vader, but like scared the shit out of me because I had just seen Jurassic Park and thought it was like a Velociraptor in my closet. Like, no, he's just my cat at the foot of the bed. Edward, I miss you, buddy. Anyway, so back on to he listens to our podcast. He does. He listens to Up in Heaven. Him and all my other dogs and cats that I've had. Yeah, they're all they're all judging me just like my ancestors. Aren't all of our ancestors now that's a judging? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't want to think about so, that. <laughs> so when this when the eighty nine version came out, it got like I said, it got really mixed reviews. Among them, Gene Siskel gave it zero stars, claiming it to be deprived. All right, that's a little unfair. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Like it was. He called it sickening. Horrible. It's just there's just parts of it that aren't great. Like I don't know. Like what's your what are your thoughts? Like, she loves it. I I love it. I thought it was really fun, but like in kind of an eighties cheesy sort of way. Yeah. And I I like the. I mean, I do like the the character of Gage, but I kind of forgot how bad the puppetry was and all that. And I'm just like, oh no, flashbacks. I remember now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I just I, I I really like it, but it could also be my bias towards eighties movies and like. 
because it was so true to the adaptation, because we were talking about The Shining in the last episode, like, I like the miniseries because it's so close to the book, but the miniseries, like, acting-wise and stuff. Well. No, it's it's pretty bad, but yeah. I love it because I know it's, what you, like, yeah. it's so close. And um, at some point, we'll talk about The Shining, because... With that and Doctor Sleep coming out soon. Oh my god, I would have a very long. I can't imagine there's anything to talk about in differences between book and novel, book and movie on The Shining. I'm gonna break your other foot. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ! (laughs) You take the mic. (laughs) Talk about your Stephen King movie. I don't fucking care. So I liked Pet Cemetery. Uh, then the the '80s version. I liked that version a lot. Mm-hmm. I will say okay. that. I I like it a lot more than the 2000. I like it more version. than this one. Yep. Thank you. I'm, I'm yep. all on your side here. It oh, is good. like a shining piece of gold compared to the turd that was yep. shitted out to theaters oh, this spring. You. I'm so glad I'm not spring. alone here. I thought I was gonna be alone here. <laughs> on that note. Let's get into the 2019 version. Here we go. Here we go. Folks. It's a Here pile of shit. <laughs> okay. I don't think it's a pile of shit, but we'll. Okay. Like, that's just like the anger that I felt while watching it today. And we just watched it's it like maybe two hours ago. So I have, I, that's exactly how I felt after I finished it, too. I the... still haven't seen it because enough people have said that it's not good. Oh, yeah. Oh, good for you. Good for you. No, it's weird. I'm cheap about some things, and apparently spending five bucks to rent a movie on Amazon is too much. In the same breath, I'll, like, order McDonald's on Uber Eats and <laughs> fucking too much money. But On that note, I, I spent $6. But one brings on you rental. joy. One brings just, like, negative emotions. Yeah. So it's like... What if it's my favorite movie of the year? Well, then it, it we, won't be because it is, I would because once you, upon a time in Hollywood came out, so it won't be. But hey, do you like Quentin Tarantino? Never heard of him. Who? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I was gonna reference the meme that's been circulating where it's like Tarantined by oh uh, Quentin, Quentin Directory. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and it's just I love. It. There's like the several. Like iterations of that, and I just love it. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I don't know why I thought of that immediately. Okay, before we get into the 2019 version, there was one little bit of information I thought that Matt would appreciate, and Jolyn, is that when it came to the uh, original 1989 version, originally the film's rights were sold to George A. Romero in 1984 for $10,000. I think I knew that, actually. And he, because... Wow, Mac. No, oh, I'm, I'm still glad that we're talking about George A. Romero, so please continue. And of course, it was in 84, cause, because at that point, Creepshow had been a success, mm-hmm. and he had the two of them had worked together on that. And on top of that, uh, King had declined several other, other offers for a film adaptation. He thought Romero was the only one who could probably do it justice. And eventually, Romero had to pull out because mm-hmm. he was in the midst of doing Monkey Shines. <laughs> oh yeah, it. Monkey Shines! <laughs> what a movie! What a movie! <laughs> oh my god, that's fun. You you haven't seen Monkey Shines, nope. have you? You're missing. No, it. you're missing out. <laughs> no, there's there's a long list that Mac is like. You have to see this, 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 and this. Like, At the most, we're gonna watch Candyman. Yep. We're yeah, gonna get Candyman, that. Candyman's good. Okay. Okay. So now, 2019. Let's get into it. This one is directed by Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Wildmeyer. I don't even know if I said that right, but <laughs> calm down. <laughs> they, they're not the they're not the writers. Now. I'm, still, I'm still full of rage. I'm a, I'm mad about all of it. Just yeah, just direct it out and it'll get everybody. Hate everybody. Just evenly. Yeah. So Go ahead, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Um, uh, this whole adaptation began in March 2010 with uh, a screenplay being written by Matt Greenberg originally. Then it got rewritten by Jeff Bueller and eventually finally got made. And it was shot in Montreal, Quebec and wrapped around. It started in June 18th and ended in August 11th. And there are a lot of changes that they made in this one. Ooh, the me. most, the biggest change I would say is that instead of Gage being the one who's killed, it's Ellie who's killed by the truck. Boo! I'm, I yeah, like it's more terrifying to have a baby, right? A homicide back. eighteen month old. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm so glad it's not just me because I saw it with my boyfriend and he was just like, yeah, no, you know, it was all right. And I'm like, maybe if I went into this knowing what I was getting into, because everybody else that had seen it knew that there was going to be this big change. So it's like they went into it kind of knowing like this might be something else. Like mm-hmm. I did not, and I was like, why the fuck is she the one who died? Why is this not the the fucking the the baby little kid? Because they got a they got an actor that looked just like the old Gage. So mm-hmm. I was like, why would you bother doing that if you're not even gonna have him be the one who's all possessed and evil? Like that's scary. The kid, the girl is not. I think it's also a statement to uh, Ellie's character too. When Gage dies, it's like sort of that. At least in the book, because they cut out Judd Crandall's wife in both adaptations, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay. They, I forgotten about that. Um, it like everything happens in threes in terms of death with Ellie. Like first it's Church, and then it's Judd Crandall's wife, and then it's Gage, and it's sort of like I'm not tapping shit. You're fine, <laughs> and it's sort of like this gradual like exposure to death, and it's a statement for her character. I think if Gage dies versus her, because Gage was too young to understand what the fuck was even going on. Yeah. And on top of this, in the 89 version, Gage looks fucking terrifying when he comes back from the dead. Mm-hmm. When Ellie comes back in this one, she looks like Tom York in Radiohead. <laughs> <laughs> just eyes closed. Just daddy, daddy. I just keep expecting to be like, for a minute. Basically, like, my biggest problem with the film was that they didn't establish any of the relationships at all with any... Like, the family looked like they were a stock photo family that just, like, wandered on set, and they're like, oh, oh, okay, I guess we gotta, like, pretend to know each other. And then also, like, the thing that I thought was super important was the development of Lewis's and Judd's relationship. The first time they... we Mac, like, was, like, the first time that they met was when they met over the dead cat. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize no that until Mac was like, like, hey, isn't that the first time they met? And I was like, no, that can't be it. Like, that's so stupid. And, and it was true. Back about it, like, they never interacted until that moment. Yeah. I'm like, that's so... <clears throat> I'm filled with rage. But... Yeah. So... Yeah. And, of course, the way that they changed the ending is that... Oh. It was fucking The sick. alternative ending is better than the actual ending. Have you seen the used. alternative ending? No. Okay, so let, let's get into the original ending first. So how this one ends is obviously Ellie comes back. Ellie goes batshit crazy. Ellie kills Judd. When mom and Gage come home, Ellie kills the mom. And uh, what's his fate? Lewis takes the kid and puts him in the car and for safety and then goes out to try to stop 
because for some reason Ellie decides that she's going to take the body of her of the mom and bury it in the pet cemetery and it makes no it's, it's not really explained and but so like, Lewis has to fight the fucking kid and in the end the mom he was he's like about to like smash her head in with a shovel and then the mom who's somehow resurrected faster Within, than like, anybody 10 minutes like stabs her and stabs him in the back and then it cuts to like the opening shot because they started the movie with the end of the film because um, original and <laughs> <laughs> yeah so then it like cuts to the like the beginning of the like the first shot of the film and then cuts to like the three undead them walking towards the car and then dead Lewis like puts his hands on the window and like baby and the cage cat just is pops like, up and goes, Meow. yeah. And that's how the movie ends. But the alternative ending starts, actually is a lot yeah. way better. It's, it's way better. And it for if, the movie that they made. Yeah. So like, I don't, I don't like the new one, but if they had this alternative ending, I wouldn't have hated it as much. I would have been like, tell me. Okay. So, <laughs> I was so curious now because I was so Instead, Lewis spares Ellie. He doesn't kill her. And they both bury Rachel. And Rachel is still, like, is a re- it's revealed that she's still alive while they're burying her. Oh. And they promise that we'll be a, t- a family together forever. Well, like, it's it's mainly, like, Lewis who is, like, I'm going to make this family thing work. So yeah. he buries her with Ellie's help. Well, And then it cuts to the beginning of the film, then cuts to just Ellie and um, the Lewis walking up to the car, and then Lewis takes Gage, and then it cuts to him just kind of sitting dead-eyed. Like, he's still, he's not, like, undead, but he's just kind of sitting there with Gage crying in his arms. While he's playing solitaire, and he's, like, half... He's not, no, he's not playing solitaire. Although that's the 89 version. He's just sitting there, uh, and then you see... It's kind of like in the in the 89 film where um, yeah, it's like a book. shot of her feet walking in like her undead. But it's like it's been like a day. So it makes sense that she's, like she's resurrected yeah. at this time. And then she comes in and then puts her hand on his shoulder and says, darling. And then Ellie puts her hand on his other shoulder. And that's and then it kind of ends with like it's zo- kind of zooming, pushing. Out. And they pass by like there's the family portrait of them all together. And then it ends with that same family portrait, except, you know, two of them are dead now. Okay. So. I can get behind that ending more than I can get behind the ending that they chose. Why the fuck did they choose the ending that they chose? I don't know. Probably because it's exciting. It's probably a producer thing. quote, unquote, yeah. Studio interference, maybe. I don't know. I'm not. Also, hey, does anybody else share my rage in the Pet Cemetery cover they put up in the credits? (laughs) Oh, my God, yeah. It's so bad. It's It's like shitty, pop punky. Like, it sounds emo. I'm like, what is this? Like, it's not good emo. It's bad no, emo. It's bad emo. Yeah. Like, I why Why no. would anybody, like, if you're going to cover the song, do, like, actual traditional pop punk. That's fine. Do that. Mm. Why the fuck did you change it into this? Like, what? Oh, I don't want to be buried. That kind <laughs> <Yeah>. of thing. <laughs> okay, that, then, that'd be worse. If it was a Blink-182 cover of Pet yeah. Cemetery, I would, like, shoot myself. Maybe. So. Maybe. But I just mean, like, with how shitty the rest of the movie was, that would have been, like, I guess like the version that they played made sense with the movie, but I'm just like, this is so bad. Why would you even try to do this? Yeah, mm-hmm. no, you're yeah, you're completely right. So mad. I actually I took the time 
to figure because I couldn't find it in the credits. I waited till the end of the credits to try to figure out who the fuck covered that song, and I couldn't find it. So I was like, okay, and I searched the whole internet, <laughs> the entire <laughs> internet. But I like searched. I searched for like 20 minutes before I figured out which band it was and I immediately forgot but I'd like that's how full of rage I was is I had to figure out what fucking band it was. Yeah. Be we, like we you. found it on one of our episodes yeah, so uh, whichever probably back in like April or May when we talked about this movie so. Yeah. So we're not alone in that the movie has an approval rating of 57%. <laughs> it's very split down the middle. The one thing that how? I liked a lot about this one was I thought the atmosphere was a lot better yeah, than like, in the 89 version. I like because, that they did something else with that. Yeah. Like the 89 version, it just, it, it's campy. It, they're, they're going for the camp and that works. I don't but, know if they were going for the camp, but I think it, so. I mean, when Stephen King is playing that pastor, I mean. Okay. Oh, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the so. obligatory, obligatory Stephen King cameo. Though he did not show up in this one. No, so. he did not. <laughs> Although that was the thing, too, is as, as I was reading about it, Stephen King totally approves of the changes. That. And I was like, why? Why? How could you? Yeah, well, he also approved of Dreamcatcher. But to be honest, Dreamcatcher was kind of written when he was on so many drugs. That's true. So... Stephen King is also interesting when it comes to his movie taste in general. Like Stephen King likes popcorn flicks, so he probably saw the changes that would make it "quote unquote" more exciting for a "quote unquote" modern audience, and he probably approved of it on that standpoint. Because you look at the dude's favorite movies, he like he fucking loved uh, fucking what's uh, I can't think. Of, Roland Emmerich is twenty twelve. Like he likes some. Bananas, oh. fucking movies. So I forgot that was a movie. Wow, <laughs> I never forget. <laughs> but yeah, he likes some bananas movies, so it doesn't m- surprise me that much that yeah. he approved of the changes for this. He's been on a pretty good roll lately, in that like whenever he like approves of one of his own adaptations, for the most part, he he's correct. Cause like mm-hmm. and like for other movies, like he loved Crimson Peak, he Fucking loved love um, he loved Shape of Water, and he loved. What's that other one? I just, I can't. Never mind. <laughs> I can't. I'm going on. I'm going on. I'm going. I'm, I'm going to go off the rails if I keep talking about this. So, okay, that's right. He, from what I understand, he does like the new Doctor Sleep film. So, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm excited for the. Although was I'm it, was it, it right Sylvia now. who was mentioning that the director has made well, some garbage films? The, Mike Flanagan? Uh, some garbage films. Uh, he, well, he basically he. He doesn't have a lot to his name is mm. the thing. I think well, he directed Hush. Oculus. He directed the Haunting Oculus Hill House and show. some of Haunting but... Hill House. Well, it depends on what you like. Do you like Hush? I like Hush. Do you I... like Oculus? No. I don't either. I haven't seen Oculus. Okay, I, I thought Oculus was all right, but it's not like I wouldn't watch it again. I know so many people. What? Graham hates Hush. I still need to see. I like. You're not even I remember I saw Oculus, <laughs> and I thought Oculus was so like painfully forgettable and mediocre. <laughs> and then like, I, it turns out it got like really fucking good reviews. And I'm like, did we watch the same movie? <laughs> like, it's just like so boring half the time. And and also again, bananas. Like, <laughs> what about Gerald's game? Still need to see that. I still need Gerald's to see game it. is fantastic. I th- I think it's fantastic. Did he, direct, that, did he that? direct that? Yeah, he directed that one. Yeah, on Netflix. I can't watch well, it. That's not my fault. <laughs> you watch it. Tell me how it is. Okay. We disagree on everything, so I'll just take that off. <laughs> what if I really like it? Then I'll hate it. Don't do that. <laughs> All right. So 
I guess our real thoughts are that we both we're all on the same page. We're like, we like the 89 version. Yeah. If you're going to watch like any pet cemetery film, watch the 89 version and just skip the 2019 version. It's okay. I saw the pet cemetery, (laughs) the 89 version. Matt, I'm going to just, I'm going to bury you in a pet cemetery now. God, I hope so. Maybe it'll fix my leg. Buried in a pet cemetery. This is making me wildly uncomfortable. Good. It's uh, what we're here for. Honey, Sweet. it's what you get. Sweet. So, yeah, I guess that's really about, not really about, just about does it for this episode, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So It was fun. Glad you guys were on our show. Yeah, kind of thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. And it was where a can, real pleasure. And where can our uh, <laughs> listeners find you guys? We're part of the other hot, creamy content that's shot into your face by the Zima Podcasting <laughs> Network. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, and the homepage, ZimaPodcastingNetwork.com. You can follow us on Facebook and on Instagram. Come see us do horror movie trivia five to nine Mondays at Sabbatic in Walker's Point <laughs> in Milwaukee. <laughs> you sound so happy. I was going to say, we're not that boring. I promise we're monsters at midnight. We're great. We do this. <laughs> I say this same thing a lot. So it's not that I'm bored. It's just, I, mean, I don't want to fuck it up because ah, it's, it's getting late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Maxi Great. I can never really remember all my handles because they're different, but you know, you'll be able to find me and you can always find our show at on Spotify, on Spotify, iTunes, iTunes basically everywhere. That Matt just said, yep. but our show is time to adapt. If you forgot, it's been two years. It's been and an we're two years living the dream podcast <laughs> and the Graham Zima show. Yeah. And the movie Madness podcast. We're the green. We're the Packer companion. <laughs> oh my Christ! All oh. right, y'all. Thank you for two years of doing this. Here's to I don't know, maybe another two years. We'll see. We're gonna keep. Well, it. I'm having a blast, so I, right. I'm gonna keep doing it. So. And I think from now on, we should have these two on for every King adaptation of ours. Yes. I want to talk about Doctor Sleep when it comes out because I love it. Yes. I need to read more books. <laughs> I need to get Audible. That's what I need to do. Get Audible. It's fucking great. Audible is great. I don't have time to read. (laughs) It's another fucking subscription at the end of the day, though. See, I use my mom's. So I got got the hookup, and I just hope she doesn't care that I take her credits. I have a full-time job, so I can afford mine. She listens. I did up until I broke my shit. (laughs) (laughs) Loser. Uh, Well... It's getting late, so thanks for listening, and until next time, this has been Time to Adapt.